Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids, hold on to this one's going to be a lot of fun. So I've had a couple of conversations with Pablo right now. And you know, when you sit across from somebody and, you know, you guys know me, I'm that guy who loves to give advice. But every time I sat across from Pablo, it's been this very badass reciprocating relationship. This dude just makes me think about business life and a lot of cool things in different ways. He's a fucking tinkerer, man, that just really loves to dive into businesses and figure out how to help them grow and, and get their businesses rock and rolling. So I'm really excited to this one. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So Pablo Gonzalez, welcome to the show, my friend. Tell us your story. Every week I get a chance to come to you guys and talk about Point Blank Safety Services, Stacy McGovern, Michael McGovern, and all the amazing things they're doing over there to employ our off-duty police officers and protect our freeways, our uh, construction sites, making sure we all get home, uh, and ensuring that police officers make enough money to... Uh, be able to continue protect and save our lives. Uh, I love everything about this company and what they stand for and, and everything that they do. It's a phenomenal, uh, amazing organization that is really doing some amazing things. And when they, you know, started blue family fund to offer scholarships to the family members of fallen officers, um, it, it was just very touching to watch them show up for these families in, in a time of suffering that they're, they're going through. So, so do me a favor, guys. If you're in Texas and you, you know, ever need safety and security, reach out to Point Blank Safety and, and tell them Donnie sent you from Success Champions. Um, follow Stacy on TikTok. She's hilarious. It's at Stacy McGovern. Uh, her videos are great. Um, and you know, find them wherever you follow uh, on social media at Point Blank Safety or at Stacy McGovern. You know, networking is a fantastic way to change and grow your business. I can promise you that if you get around the right group of badasses, you can find some amazing introductions and referrals, and you can scale, you can grow your business to a whole nother damn level than you thought was even freaking possible. We launched Success Champions Networking, virtual networking groups all around the world where we bring together literally the badasses of the badass when it comes to, to building your business, entrepreneurs, small business owners, salespeople that are just getting after it and getting it done. Look, 
we've all been to networking groups where we were the top tier doing all the referrals and introductions, but getting nothing out of it because we were sitting in rooms with people that weren't out actively growing their business. So they couldn't make introductions and they were looking for handouts. This is why we launched Success Champions Networking is to literally take the badasses who know that networking is a portion of their business and know that what they do now will help them grow and, and scale and that they can get to a lot bigger business by helping others grow their business. So if you're looking to really kick your networking up a notch, and I'm not talking about sitting down, having dumb jingles said and, and, you know, meeting with a bunch of people that don't know how to sell. I'm talking about bringing the badasses of the badass together and really week, meeting weekly and kicking it up a notch. Success Champions Virtual Networking. Man, I'm telling you, this is an absolute game changer. You can check us out over at DonnieBovine.com backslash networking and, and we'll help you freaking get in a group, start a group, or really kick it up a notch. Now let's get on to Pablo. Guys, this is going to be a good one. Yes, hello, Donnie. No, I'm just kidding. That's not, that's not how I talk. But. That was brilliant, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, people, people usually don't equate what I look like and what I sound like with my name, Pablo Gonzalez. No, I got I to gotta admit, the first time your name came across, I'm like, oh, that's not a name you hear in business very often, you know, so, so yeah. good on you. Yeah, well, listen, man, um, I am a quintessential Miamian, right? Like I was born in Latin America, grew up in the U.S. Uh, I listen to Pitbull, so uh, I, I, I am very much uh, from that from that scene. But my story, man, and I struggle to tell this in like under 15 minutes, right? Because I'm the youngest in my family, and I'm a millennial, so like I love attention and I can't shut up. But I'm I'm gonna try to keep it keep it tight, so we get into like a back and forth. Um, like I said, I'm 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 the most American person in my family, and my first formative memory is walking into preschool in Miami, knowing that I was the only kid that didn't speak English. And at that point, having this giant fear of how do I fit in? Luckily, there was one other kid that spoke Spanish, Jose Garrido, still my good friend to this day. And that made it easy. But a year later, we moved to Spain. And at that point, I spoke Spanish and English. We, I enrolled in a British academy where I thought I'd be walking in knowing Spanish and English. And I was back to square one. I didn't understand the British dialect. I didn't understand the Spanish from Spain dialect. And I, you know, I, I just really think that that, I like to say that because it's really shaped me as this outsider in every circle, right? Even in my own family, I'm the most American person, right? So I'm an outsider that has just always craved connection and always craved belonging in every circle and in every environment that I'm in to the point where, you know, we're living in Spain we would take these transcontinental flights back to Miami and to Venezuela to see family. And at the time I was like six or seven, I would ask to sit by myself on these flights so I could make a friend with the person next to me. And if you can imagine like 1986, no in-flight entertainment, uh, you, you walk onto an eight hour flight, you see this little six year old asshole sitting at, at the window seat, looking up at you. Oh, shit, I gotta sit next to the kid. <laughs> yeah. You probably think it's going to be the worst moment of your life, but, you know, as luck would have it, I, I figured out a way to just start talking to adults and get them to buy me a Toblerone or, a, or a, some M&Ms or, 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 or whatever I wanted at that point. And I think that's like the earliest signs of me 
being who I am. And that never went away, right? Like my idea that if I could ever connect with people, I could get what I want, uh, never really went away. And as I got older, that paradigm of how I do it has completely shifted. I'm still driven by that same need to connect. Uh, but I've realized that, you know, the younger that you are, the more that you can get away with being entertaining and, 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 you know, being somewhat selfish about the way that you connect with people, the older you get, it's about service. It's about how you can add value to other people's lives, right? So you fast forward to I go to college, I get a job in, in construction for this executive and training program. I spent five years out in California running this operation. I was running a $15 million operation as the top guy of Orange County with like 120 employees at 25. I become a green building expert out there moved back to Miami to start a, a green building consulting company in 2009. And at the time I get this email from one of my, my best friend who, you know, every time I say it's from a friend, he's like, you, you should say your best friend. So now I say, Eric Gilbert, you're welcome. <laughs> um, to that Habitat for Humanity wanted to start a young professionals group. And I respond to it thinking, man, this might be good business development, reconnect to Miami, you know, get to know people. I'm, a, I'm in green building didn't turn out to be so linear, but being a part of this set me on this like whole parallel path to my career where a year later I was the president of this group. A year after that, I was on the board of Habitat. A year after that, I did this leadership Miami program. A year after that, I'm on multiple boards. You know, I start, I start forming these young professional groups in different charities in Miami. And in parallel, two years into my green building consulting thing, my biggest customer acquires me. Right? I become the in-house director of sustainability for a hospital builder and a university builder. And, I'm, and, and you know, I'm super pumped about this because now I have health insurance and a salary, right? Great. Right. And, um, but eventually, like about a year and a half in, I just started getting really bored, dude. I, I, I felt like I was completely pigeonholed as like the green guy that it does, oh yeah, sit in your corner and solve that problem that we bought your company for, for you to do and just shut the fuck up. You don't have a career here. Right. right? right. So, so I just started thinking how I can be more valuable, right? Like while all this is happening, I'm moving up in the world of the Miami community by doing these young professional groups where I'm recruiting young professionals, whether they're new to Miami or whether they're old to Miami and say, listen, man, if you get involved in charities, you're going to start meeting people that care a little bit more about other things than just themselves. Right. And, and, the, and the way that we would do it is we would bring in, we, we would have our monthly meeting with somebody on the board of one of the charities. So, you know, I, I realized real quickly that people on charities are the most influential people in town, right? Like people on the boards of charities are some of the most influential people in town. So providing that access to the young professionals that were joining to like have coffee or lunch with the CEO of Writer Corporation and, you know, the, the superintendent of schools and whatever, that, that became this like recruiting tool to then plan our little happy hour. Also, as you move up in the ranks of these charities, I started getting more and more, you know, you lead a committee. So now whenever you're having an event, you're up on stage. Hey, welcome everybody. Right. I started becoming a public speaker. I started getting invited on panels, stuff like that. I, I got named to like a top 20 under 40 Brickle magazine in Miami at one point, uh, which I didn't deserve, but of course it's all who, you know, and, and then at one point, all of it collided when the, the president of my company got invited to speak on a panel for smart cities. And at the last minute decided he didn't want to go. So they sent me in his stead. Right. I don't know what the decision-making process was outside of it made sense. Right. I can speak and I'm the green guy. So it makes sense. The smart cities thing. So I show up at the economic development agency of Miami and I get put on this panel with the head of smart cities for 
the World Economic Forum or one of these like international monetary funds and the head of Latin America for Cisco Systems and me, just like <laughs> schmucky 32-year-old Pablo Gonzalez, right? And I sit there, I spit my truth. I don't even think about it. When I come off the stage for the first time ever, there was a line of six people deep waiting to talk to me. I realized four of these guys were vendors. They were just trying to sell me some shit. Right. One guy was this developer that's like, man, how do I get a guy like you? And one guy was a guy I'm still good friends with, Will Beckham, who's a couple of years younger than me. I was like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm just passionate about this stuff. I would love a mentor, blah, blah, blah. Still good friends with this guy to this day. But what hit me is that when you're on stage in a room, the people that walk into that room automatically assume you are you're just automatically validated. They assume 100%. that you are an expert in whatever, that you're more valuable than them. And, and, and for the record, I'm not saying you are, but you could be a complete freaking moron and know nothing. But the fact that you're on stage validates right. you immediately. Right. Because the brain justifies what it sees, not the yep. other way around. Right. So it sees you on a stage they're like, oh, this person must be valuable because they're there and I'm here. And so I immediately think, wow, this is super valuable. And instead of thinking, how can I get on more stages? I think, how can I provide a stage to people to serve my own means, right? right. How, how do I add that value to people? Because at this point, I had realized this whole networking thing, right? The, the, the nonprofit world is heavy networking, right? So I have 10 million hours in networking and I started realizing it's all about adding value to people's lives. So I'm like, how can I do this? So I immediately reached out to this developer that was doing this like high rise in a low density, high income residential area of Miami called Coral Gables that nobody wanted there because get off my lawn. But this guy is building it on top of the Metro rail station. So he's incentivizing public transportation it's something called transit oriented development. So I reached out to this guy and I'm like, Hey man, I know that what you're doing is public transportation incentivizing Miami needs this shit. I'm the director of sustainability. I have all these little young professional groups that I'm the, the shepherd of. And I want to have an event about the future development of Miami and how much we need this type of stuff. And I'm going to put you on stage with a politician on the board of one of my charities and the land use attorney that uh, I started this Habitat group with. And he was all in, had this little event, like 20 people, um, no big deal. And ne the next week, He's like, hey, man, you guys bidding on this project or <laughs> so at that point, I completely changed my paradigm and my narrative inside my company to be this business developer and all my stuff had aligned. And while this stuff was happening, Donnie, my, you know, my brother, my older brother, who's eight and a half years older than me, who I've always just kind of like pegged myself against. Right. Yep. Um, he gets pancreatic cancer, goes through the ordeal for two years, passes away mm. at his funeral. 1200 people show up wow. right and it just blows my fucking mind right like like I, I was just like i can't believe this happened and i start thinking what is going on here and i start thinking man this catholic church that i used to you know that i've had my ups and downs with is really our community that we are that we're a part of right like and and, and all these people coming together at this church is this community thing and i'm like wait a minute religion has been winning by giving people community like that's the business model that they've been doing. They have a stage, they provide community, you know, yeah. like, like all this stuff starts coming together. And I'm like, you know, I didn't have the language for it back then. Right. Like back then I was just like through stages, you can be a business developer by aggregating value, right? Like by adding value to people. Um, and I'm, and I'm start, I start searching for this concept everywhere and I start trying to prove it out. At that same time, I run into Gary Vee's content, who's the <laughs> first alpha male, big executive guy that's talking about you can win by adding value to others, not just by being a salesman. In between multiple fucks. 
in between, in between <laughs> both. Yeah, and you can cuss, and you can right. cuss, right? And you can be your fucking self, right? Right. Uh, so, so you you can be yourself, and you can add value to others, and you can win, right? And be a nice guy, right? Yep. So all this stuff kind of comes together, and I get this opportunity. I get two competing opportunities. One is to take over the business development of a of a company, a construction company that just came to town that has checked all the box mark. You know, that was my next logical step in my career, and then I also get the opportunity to partner up with a friend of a friend that kind of had a man crush on me for a long time after a bachelor party that I was the MVP of and, and be, and be the, the head of business development for this like young startup uh, software for Amazon sellers. Right. And I, and I got so enamored with the idea of making this like transition that I did zero due diligence. Right. Like I was just, I was just into this man. You know, I'm like, I'm like, fuck construction. I'm a software guy. Right. Um, and I moved to, you know, I, first time I ever, don't take my dad's best advice in a critical moment, right? Mm. So I make the leap, I quit my job, and I very quickly realized I jumped onto a burning ship, right? Like I had, I had created all this business development plans about doing these little events and kind of following that young professional model that yep. I was talking about and making panels and adding value that way for Amazon sellers across the world. And within three months of me being there, the head of the company gets a couple of ripoff reports because he sent his like number one affiliate, most visible customer. That's the way that he acquired half of his customer base to shit in some, in some heated argument. The head of development quits two weeks after I quit my job because the software hasn't been working for a long time and he has no idea how to fix it. And, <laughs> and a competitor that used to be in the customer base creates a one-to-one competition software that before where before he had his own space and just starts poaching our clients, right? So within my first three months of head of business development, we go from 500 uh, monthly subscribers to 300, to 300 monthly subscribers. Not a good look for your boy as VP of business development, right? but I instinctively lean into the community thing, right? Like I didn't know what a mastermind was before joining this world, but I realized that he had a group of people that were big fans of his, that were paying him to be a part of it, but the group wasn't really going well because he just would kind of show up and be like, yo man, so what's up? Who wants some advice, right? Like, you know, that doesn't work. Yep, so, yep. so I decided to take it over. I decided that my, my 12 highest paying customers at the time made up, I didn't decide this, but I noticed that they made up 30% of our recurring revenue. So I could not lose them. And I knew that because of my days as a green building expert in Miami and being the only green building expert within like 500 miles, I knew that people are just sitting at home in front of a computer, running their wheels, knowing that they need, you know, they inherently need somebody to bounce stuff off of. So I changed the format of this mastermind to listen, guys, we're going to show up, me and my partner, we're going to, we're going to give some value, right? Like whether it's what do we see in our software, what's working in our store, what advice does Pablo have to give on networking? Or I just read, you know, like one time I showed up, I had just read uh, Never Split the Difference. I was like, hey man, I learned this about negotiation. Let's do what works, you know, that type of shit. So, so do that type of stuff. And then we'd have like a little therapy session, right? Where everybody would complain about how Jeff Bezos is the devil. And, 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 and what I started realizing, right, is that this thesis that I've long held has started coming true, right? Like the, the easiest way to connect with people is by sharing vulnerabilities and adding values to each other's life. And, and, and after enough conversations of just like, man, I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, oh, okay, Loretta. Well, Emmanuel, you're good at that. What, do you, what, do you, what can you tell her? They started bonding real quickly. And they became this like cohesive unit. We started recording all the calls. The next step was we did a live event 
where we went down to Panama and I gave everybody like a framework of how to present their business. And I did a SWOT analysis for everybody. Then I took them salsa dancing toward the Panama Canal, blah, 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 blah. I did my thing. And at that, to my business partner's credit, we realized that everybody there was really good at one thing in their business. So he implemented that in our store and it started crushing. So then we made this course called the business of e-com and we sold it for 5,000 bucks a pop to 20 people. So that was the first like big fundraise that came directly from this initiative. Then the next step was, all right, man, let's have an event. Let's bring these people to Jacksonville, put them on stage. Now my, now my vision was coming true, right? Like let's position them as expert, give them that value. Uh, and, and we ended up creating like $200,000 worth of revenue and, 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 and saving the day with this, you know, stopping the bleeding, stopping the churn, creating a very clear customer journey when we started repurposing the content as, hey man, do you struggle with this in Amazon? You know, and then somebody be like, I can't keep my VA, you know, like to show up to work. And then we're like, hey, we're more than a software, we're a community. And all of a sudden you see that same person saying, dude, thank you so much for that advice. That totally helped. I was like, you know, join the club. They would join our Facebook group. They'd see that that person that they saw in an ad was actually a real person that sat in some secret cool club at the top of the customer ecosystem. How can I get there? Oh, there's an event that I can go to, right? Just creates this like perfect customer journey. And after a year, I decided to walk away, right? Like I had a, I had a one-year contract with this guy. Clearly our relationship had gone toxic. About two months before my contract was up, I was like, listen, man, I think you can keep that money. You can keep my equity. I'm going to just start over. And that was the end of 2018 for me. And in 2019, I started over and my wife gave me this just great advice, which was, listen, dude, take 90 days, you know, take a, take a purposeful pause was, is what I call it now and, and kind of get some distance and don't just, I'm a networker. I'm affable. I get, I, I, I get opportunities all the time. Don't take the next opportunity, figure out where you want to be in 10 years, you know? So smart I, wife. Yeah, man, dude, pff, brilliant wife. You obviously um, married up. Uh, obviously, obviously. Is she blind? <laughs> no, 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 no. She's not blind, but I'll tell you what, man. Funny guys, funny guys get it. <laughs> you yes. Know, like, yes. I, uh, you know, like I've never been the best looking guy, but I know, I know how to make people laugh. Um, so, <laughs> so she gives me this advice. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, all right, man, this is going to be super anxious for me. So I'm going to book four conferences. Cause while I am in this state of like purposeful inaction, I want to be doing my thing. I want to be making friends, connecting dots, whatever, man, to feel good about myself. So I go on this like journey of, of going conference to conference. And I go to like Gary Vee's conference. I go to Ryan Moran's capitalism conference. I go to um, the 10X conference and I go to, uh, to Funnel Hacking Live. And as I'm going through this journey, I start, I'm like, man, you know, people in the online space don't know how to network. They haven't had these like 10,000 hours of that, that I've gotten. And before I left Miami, I... I gave my goodbye to Miami was bringing in all my, you know, my causes that I stewarded. And I gave this like Pablo's own little Ted talk speech about the benefits of networking and how to, how to, how, you know, what not to do and how to make it work for you and why everybody should be involved in nonprofits. Cause I was trying to backfill my board positions in my, in, in the charities I was a part of. Right? right. So it was another value add thing that I was doing. Right. And I'm like, man, this has a space here, right? Like the, the concept of networking being like the networking guy has a space here. And, 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 and as I was like pitching this to people over and over and over again, cause I'm meeting, you know, I ended up this like three months with 450 new friends, right? Like literally on, on a spreadsheet, 450 people that I'm friends with. Um, and it was just, I just kept iterating through, Oh, you should, you know, you should, uh, 
have people pay you to go to conference with you. Uh, you should have masterminds yourself. You should, you know, I just kept iterating and iterating and iterating. And while this started happening, I started getting invited on podcasts to talk about networking and whatnot. And this local group here, Yellowbird Connect in, my, in Jacksonville where I live, they had me on their podcast and I show up to their studio and it's a super legit looking studio. And they give me these really nicely taken pictures of me with like a microphone looking like I'm on a radio show or something. And I start, I'm like, wow, this is fucking awesome. Like making marketing materials for other people is super valuable, right? Like I, I start really putting together the idea that a stage isn't just a stage, right? Like a stage is a, a picture, a, 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 a podcast, a, a YouTube channel. I, I now think even email introductions, I, I treat them as stages, right? And we can get into that. But I started thinking down those lines. And then this tech conference in Miami is, I, I, you know, I'm super connected in Miami. I talked to the guy that's like organizes it because I'm trying to get on stages to speak at the time. And, uh, and he's like, no, not interested in that. But, you know, we're trying to figure out how to go from being a, a conference, you know, an event company to being a media company like TED Talks. And I was just like, dude, have you thought about, you know, like what kind of content are you making out of your out of your event. And I, and I pitched him on this idea of like, give me some floor space. I'm going to set up a, a podcast recording studio with some photography. I just reproduced that same experience that I just had. Right. And they let me do it. I interviewed uh, in like in 48 hours, I interviewed like 40 or 50. I don't remember the number, but it was of founders and CEOs of tech companies made this like formulaic content. That's like, what problem are you solving? How'd you get to it? Blah, blah, blah. So we had everything ready to then repurpose it. And then we gave everybody that got the interview um, uh, like a two minute segment of just like them being interviewed with the Emerge America's backdrop. And that thing went wildfire on LinkedIn, you know? So, 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 so I'm like, I'm like, all right, man. So if you make content through others about other people and you just serve as a stage, it starts making sense. Right. Then in June, I get my first client, right. Which is this guy, uh, I got introduced to uh, this guy, Brendan Kane, who uh, grew a million followers in 30 days. This guy's like the world's foremost content strategist, in my opinion, right? So, and he's trying to, I get introduced, friend of a friend, who's just like, yo, man, this guy's killing it on stages. You should ask him how to be a professional speaker. I'm like, cool. So I get a call with him, who, by the way, he charges like, a, I think like $2,500 on, on like an hour consultation. I, I, I get a free call with him. Um, and after I'm like, I tell him my story, he's like, dude, I don't know how to tell you to get on stages. I did something incredible. Like, I don't know what you're going to do. And I'm like, you're right. How can I help you? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't really need a lot of help. I'm like, well, what are you struggling with, dude? You know? And, um, and he was telling me at the time, he's like, well, you know, I'm killing it on these stages. I've got this best selling book. I have these clients that pay me all this money, but I would love to create a, you know, I, I would love to help more people. I'm super expensive. Right. Um, and then if I can create a recurring revenue stream by scaling that, maybe that works. So, you know, I designed kind of the same thing that we had at, at Ecom, right? This like mastermind with a, with a, with a Facebook group underneath it where we repurpose content and, you know, we set up, we, and, and, and then I get to spend equally valuably four or five months in the room with this dude talking about the highest levels of content strategy um, and set that on his path. But what I realized is you know, he doesn't need content, right? He's trying to create community, but not a lot of people have community as a Monday morning problem, right? Like people right. don't understand that, you know, they're not like, they're not like showing up on Monday, like, how can I make a community? They're, they're, they have other more immediate things. 
And what I started realizing that this isn't just a community program. This is a content creation program, right? So if, if you can, if you can figure out a way to make content about other people at scale and make your business the stage, it then creates this giant content marketing web that becomes this frictionless nurture system for anybody that comes into your ecosystem to stay engaged. And the more that we talked about this on our call, right? Yep. The more that you focus on making your client or your audience see themselves inside the content, whether it's because the information hits home for them or because they get to ask a question so they get to somewhat be featured or they get to be the guests themselves and then you repurpose it, it becomes this super valuable, unstoppable, you know, just ball of attention, value, relationship creation, and at the end of the day, persuasion that you were the right person for them. And that's what I've started doing for clients. I, you know, my biggest client, my, my longest going client is this real estate investment firm that um, it's a $450 million, you know, fund. And we were into it now about six months. Their metrics have just gone through the roof on like conversions and, and, and attention and SEO mentions and all this stuff. And uh, now I'm working on scaling that, man. That's, that's it. That's it. That's uh, awesome. How long did that take? That's Forever? Awesome. Uh, 12 hours. So <laughs> if you guys are still with us, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, so a couple of fascinating things I want to dive into here that, that uh, I, I think will be of tremendous value to the listeners. Number one is how to become the bachelor guy, the, the bachelor party guy. No, I'm kidding. That's not it. Um, but don't think I was going to let that go. Um, now, what I, I'm really fascinated with this idea of, of community to content because it's 100% how we've created, built our business yep. is by creating a community, all the success champions around the world, um, and developing content that's of value to them, and that's how we've grown and scaled. But you've got so many small business owners out there that are, you know, they make soap or they, you know, do leather craft. They, they, you know, maybe they. Uh, they sell a small service, you know, uh, air, if you will, you know, um, how, how do they go about creating their community, their tribe, and then one, know the content to put out to those people, but two, to be able to, to create that entire family-like environment. Yeah, Where does someone start? you know, you first start just like all communication, right? Like to me, I mean, we're talking about content, Donnie, but to me, we're just talking about communication, how to communicate with people and how to build relationships, right? And, I, and, I'm, and I'm happy to also just give straight up networking, relationship building tips because it all comes from that. Right. And the way that you start is by understanding what is valuable to the people that you want to speak to. So listen, man, if you're a soap company, cool, you got soap. Cleanliness is valuable to them, but you, you're, you're marketing to someone, right? Like you're, you're marketing to some demographic, some, some whatever, and whatever your position in that market is, whoever your typical customer is, they have other stuff that's valuable to them. And, and soap is a hard one, right? Like you're, you're hitting me with a really, really hard one. Of course you I should, am. We're not going to yeah, take yeah, yeah. it easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> really just tanning my hide over here. Um, so, but you know, like I'll, I'll give the, I'll give the example of like realtors, right? I'm sure you have a ton of realtors in your, in your, in your, in your networking groups, right? Yep. Yep. Realtors inherently understand that people look to buy a home when certain things happen. When people have a baby, when you are, when your kids move away from college, 
right? Like uh, a couple years after your career, you know, when you've been renting for a certain amount of time. Now, how do you make content that's valuable for those people, right? I think it's pretty fucking easy, dude. Yep. Like if you're, if you're not, it's, and it's not, hey, just got this listing. Hey, check out three bedroom, two bathroom. That's not the fucking content you want to be making, right? Like if you're, if you start making so, content. Hold on, I, I can't let that go. So realtors, if that's you putting the fucking pictures up at the house saying this fucking thing's for sale, stop. Nobody gives a shit, right? I'm just, just continue on. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, there's some value in that. You just don't, you kind of want to use the 80-20 rule, right? Like you, you want to only be asking about 20% of the time or showing off 20% of the time max, right? Yep. So yeah, have some validation that you're actually good at your fucking job. But at the end of the day, if you're, if your Instagram account, nobody gives a shit if it's, if it's, if it's just like sold houses. Mm -hmm. But if you create an Instagram account about the best baby rooms, the best baby accessories, the best, you know, like uh, how to safe proof your house when you're having a baby, what to expect when you're not expecting. Shit to do with your kids when they're born to take them out in town, you know, you fucking, you know, anything that brings them tremendous value. Smart. Yeah. Anything that brings them value. So then the next question. So now you, now you know the what of the content, right? The next question is how there's two models. There is the, you know, speaker on the pulpit model where you just got to come up with every idea all the time and talk about something and pretend you're an expert about a hundred things that you're not. Or there is the, Hey man, let me take inventory in my clientele, in my network and in people that are within reach that I admire. And how can I showcase the expertise of them on my stage? Right? So you're a realtor, you know, you, you've, if you're selling to people that have babies, you know, like that, that are doing that, reach out to all your past clients and interview them about like being a young parent and put them on your stage and let them show, you know, like let them talk about what they like and what they don't like about their middle, their, their elementary school and their preschool program and, 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 and all that stuff that becomes really, really seamless content that you are then also building the relationship with your clientele by showcasing, showcasing them on stage, showing that you're close to them. You're letting them show their value of the stuff that they thought was insignificant, the stuff that they thought nobody cared about. You're like, no, no, no people do care. Yep. Right. Like, and that is at the core of relationship building. Right. Like I, I, I like to say, I heard somebody say this in, and, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing. Right. But you know, people don't do business with people that they understand. They do business with people. They feel understand them. Yes. And it's, and it's not far off from like, people don't remember how, you know, what you say, they remember how you make them feel. Right. Yep. So it's, it's all the same thing. Right. So like, if you make people feel valuable and you make somebody who has been, you know, they, they got a three-year-old kid, they just went through three years of hell, right? right. <laughs> raising, raising a kid, but you're able to extract some value out of all that experience to then share to other people. Guess what, man, you're really building rock solid relationships and you're positioning yourself as a person that cares about your customer. No, I love this. You know, and, and, uh, to add to it, uh, there's a lot of people that secretly have this desire to share their story. I think a lot of people have gone through, through life and that some portion of them is like, man, if somebody were to hear my story, I could, I could impact others, change lives, but they've never chased it. They've never done it. So by you creating this platform, you immediately give your clients who you reached out to that, that chance in the spotlight. Yeah. And most of your clients, when you reach out and said, Hey, you know, I want to interview you about your story so we can help others are going to be blown away that you would reach out in that regards. And you're not trying to sell them anything, right? You're trying to help them provide value by using their story to teach others. It's a hell of a win-win for, for both sides of the track. 
Correct. You know, uh, something else that people can do, because I, you know, I get a lot of people like, dude, I don't want to do interviews. I don't want to, you know, do that kind of thing. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, okay, cool. What do you geek out on? What, what, what are your hobbies? What do you just totally geek out? And one of my clients, she goes, dude, it's, it's cars. She goes, I got such a badass Mustang. It's convertible. Nothing more I love than to kick the, the top down. I said, when's the last time you just jumped on Facebook and you put in Mustang group? And she goes, would that work? I'm like, try it. She did. She went and joined this Mustang group. And within a couple of weeks, she'd made so many friends in there because common bond, interests, they connect, they geek out. And now she's pulling clients out of there because now they find out that she's a badass copywriter, publishes books, you know. So just another strategy you guys can employ in there. Totally. You know? So in creating these communities, do they have to go to the extremes of interviews and everything else? Can they, can they, uh, do a subversion of it somehow or, or how else can they pull it off? That's a good question, man. I, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna straight up rip off Gary Vee here. Cause I'm trying to be him. I'm Mariano <laughs> Rivera, man. I got one pitch, right? Like to me, to me, it's yeah, dude, I'm sure you can create community a bunch of ways, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how Harley Davidson figured out a way to make people that have a Harley, uh, not be friends with anybody that doesn't have a Harley. So, so there's, there's, and then it wasn't through Facebook groups, right? Like, so no. I don't, I, <laughs> you know, so, so there is, there, there is ways and ways of creating community, man. I just know for a fact that if you can design a stage of something, right? Like where you put something on stage and you entertain your audience with whatever is on that stage and you use people from the audience to be on that stage, to nurture that relationship and people that you want to get close to that aren't in the audience, people that, people that you just want to be like or whatever, you use that stage to build relationships, you're going to achieve whatever the fuck you want. You know, whether, whether it's a community or whatever it is, right? Like it's just, to me at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the core of it is what we were doing in these groups is making sure that you have some form of stage that you leverage to add value to people. And then you turn that and you distribute it as much as you can, right? Like I went through that Venn diagram that I showed you before where I put the three circles, right? It's valuable information, relationships, and content. Where those three circles, you know, all, all, all cross over, you are creating that ball of value that will continue to have people's attention, will continue to see you as somebody that cares about their interest and we're therefore turn you into the most valuable person in the room and people are going to want to do business with you. Yeah. And I love this whole idea that everything's a stage, you know, and, and looking at that from that perspective, which brings me back around, we're going to talk about how emails can be that as well. But um, in, and looking at it from that perspective, you know, and you know, when people get that view that when somebody's on stage, there's this kind of, we talked about intrinsic, this person's the expert. And I used to tell people all the time when I did sales training that if you're not speaking on stages, you're missing out on a huge business development opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, because it just puts you at the front of the room. In doing that with your content and doing that with everything you're doing, what do you change about how you present the content so it brings the right value to the marketplace. So, so it's not coming across as the ego boost. Cause you see a lot of people 
Yeah. Everything's me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah. How do you flip it so it brings value to the marketplace? <laughs> you flip it, bro. You don't make <laughs> it about you. Right? Make your content about other people. See well, yourself so, okay, as a stage, so, not as the fucking star. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's not- this guy put out a post. And it's a guy I love. Tony yeah. Watley, right? And, um, and, uh, he's an amazing dude. He's got a great podcast. And he put out a comment. He said, if you're talking about yourself in social media, you lose. Yeah. And, and dude, I hit him right back and said, you're wrong. And he goes, how am I wrong? And we had this cool little debate on Facebook. And it comes down to this. This is my belief. That I teach others through my fuck-ups. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, so I constantly talk about myself because I'm like, let me tell you how I blew up this yeah. stupid thing that I did yeah. you know, here. And so, so there is a way to speak about yourself that removes the ego and everything out of there. And, and Tony was like, all right, fucker, I get it. You know, he goes, yeah. of course you, you talk about your fuck ups and mistakes. I got it. So it, you're right. The, the reason the, the difference is instead of talking about what you achieved, you talk about the lessons learned, yeah. right? Like I, I think there's great value in talking about your thought process period. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause everybody, cause everybody, comes to just about all the same truths, right? We all kind of believe all the same things. Like every religion is very, very similar at the end of the day, right? It's just the thought process, right? It's, it's, so, so it's that. It's as long as you are reflecting about how you got to it, about the journey there, not the result that you got, I think that is the, that is the key. And then again, it's not about you and how awesome you are. It's about the things that you have learned that you can share. Yeah, and I, I love that. I think because... but. Even so, a lot of people, sometimes they get this thought process. My story is not very interesting. And this is where Gary Vee talks a lot about documenting and everything, right? And they're like, my story is not interesting. Um, There's a gal that helps me write all my books. And her name's Laura DeFranco. And she taught me a really, really cool thing that I love sharing with others and using. What she said is at some point, you should sit down and write down every major fuck up in your life. And literally just list out every major fuck up you've done in your life. And she goes, then once you have all those listed out, write down the lesson you learned from that fuck up. That's the shit you should be talking about and writing about teaching. And everything book or anything that I've done moving forward has been based on that principle. I think it's just a badass activity. Um, You do something very similar with this, with your content and everything else. Can you walk us through a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think, I think it's that, like, I think it can be every fuck up. It can be every victory. It can be whatever, but you're only one person. If you, if you do that about yourself and everybody, you know, you have an infinite amount of content that is valuable. Right. right? So, so yeah, man, when I, when I do that content, listen, at the, at the simplest level, Donnie, without creating this like giant program that I do that, that for companies and whatever, at the simplest level, when you go to a networking event, the most important person that you, that you meet, if you bust out your phone, you're like, yo, man, that was really smart. Can we just have that conversation real quick while I record us? And you're like, hey, Donnie, man. So I just met Donnie here, blah, blah, blah. Donnie, tell me, tell me about like this awakening that you had from a ghostwriter that you had. And then you say it, right? Clip that, post that on LinkedIn. Be like, just met Donnie at a networking event. Guy told me the smartest thing. Check it out. Guess what? Your friends are going to be like, oh, shit, Donnie's on TV. And they're, and they're going right. to tune into their LinkedIn. And my friends are going to be like, oh, Pablo met somebody interesting. I want to know. And that creates a ball of attention for both of us, yep. right? Like, like that, that just ends up working, right? So that, that to me is 
the simplest God, way the, to do it. The, the excuse is, man, it's so much work. I got to remember to pull out my fucking phone. And then, you know, Christ, what if we sound like shit? And then, you know, there's no captions on there. Do I need to add fucking music to it? And, and the excuse monster raises its fucking head. Yeah. And your response is? Then don't do it, dude, if it's too much, right? But like, if you're trying to, if you're, if, if like, listen, man, I, I, I go through the same thing. I go through periods where I'm putting out shitloads of content and periods where I'm not putting out content, right? All I'm saying is that in my years of networking, all I could do was create one-to-one relationships and I love relationships. Now that I've started adding content to the equation, I'm creating way more relationships because it scales. I am now making relationships with people when I am not around them. And, and when I'm sleeping, so it depends on your goals, man. You know, like if you don't want to make content, that's cool. I'm just telling you, this is the most frictionless way to do it. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you. You know, a fascinating thing that I learned the hard way was when I launched my business, right. In my local market, similar like you were in Miami, fucking everybody knew who I was, right. Yeah. I was a sales guy, right. Connections out the ass. Yeah. When I launched my business, not a fucking soul outside of Fort Worth, Texas knew who the fuck I was, except yeah. excluding a few family members and some guys I served in the Marine Corps with, right? You know, um, uh, so this creating a community, what I had to do, and it sounds like you and I have similar journeys on this, is I had to figure out how I did everything in Fort Worth and go, hello world, you know, totally. <laughs> and, and, and really expand this out to go after, you know, not the masses, but a specific group inside the masses, right? Yeah. Um, to build a, a brand. For you, I know you've done it a lot through, through content, podcast, and still a tremendous amount of networking. Yeah. Um, do you recommend that for everybody to follow the path we've done to create our brands and, and, splash the marketplace or should they focus more in their local communities and, and create the connections there? Again, man, it depends on what you're trying to do, dude. You know, like, like, like I think everything, everything is context to me, right? Like every, every conversation I have, it's about who am I talking to and what is it that they're trying to achieve and how can I be helpful? Right? So when you ask me that, I think, what kind of, what kind of business is this? Are you like, if you're, if you're a photographer, then you, and all you can do is take like pictures locally, you know, I, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get, if you're trying to get like flown out to go places, then you're going to have to use content, right? Like, or you can fly places and network there, whatever you want, man, you know, or, or have whatever marketing strategy that you want to adopt. I just, I, I, I really believe that this is a, every other marketing strategy that I know has way more downside, right? Like, like the, like the, the super salesy, okay, I'm just going to make a hundred calls a day. Sure. That works, but I don't want to make a fucking hundred calls a day. Right? Like I don't want to be that douchebag. Um, the, the, um, there is, you can spend an awful lot of money, you know, raising your profile with people that don't really know you. I just think this is the most long-term thing that you can do is prove yourself and your reputation through other people that then all become advocates of you and it's completely scalable. The most, the most scalable way to build an audience is to leverage other audiences. Agreed. Right. And you, every single person is an audience. You're making me think they're, they're the, probably the biggest thing that I ever learned from Gary V, which is, is probably a surprising thing is the word patience. Yeah. 
you know, I, I remember he was talking to this young kid and this young kid was like, you know, I've been six months into running my business and this shit's just not working. It's scaling. And Gary Vee, without skipping a beat, goes, no shit, fucker. It's been six months, you know? And I, I think that's, that's, that's key for everybody to gotta think about as they're going into this is that patience piece of it's going to take a time to make all this happen. It's all about building momentum and, and getting everything moving forward. Before I forget, since we're getting close to time, I want to understand how does email become the stage? Oh, I really, really, really want to understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, listen, man. On a, if you have an email list, just like I could interview you. If I'm a better writer than a speaker, I can definitely just be like, "This week's email, I just met Donnie Bovin, who has this, right?" So that you know, that's obviously a stage. But I'm, I'm talking about specifically, you know, so like what Tim Ferriss does, he's got five bullet Fridays, right? Like he just profiles five things that he likes. That's a huge stage for everything that he talks about in five bullet Friday on a person to person level, an email introduction. I see it as how can I put the two people that I am, you know, this is my stage. My email is my stage. So I'm going to say, Donnie, I want you to meet Pablo. Pablo, I want you to meet Donnie. Pablo. Donnie is an expert salesperson and an expert relationship builder that has a very valuable Facebook group and a podcast with, uh, I don't know what, 200,000 listeners. <laughs> and by the way, also super fucking funny. And he's going to tell you a story of blah, 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 blah. He's the man. You should meet him. Donnie, you should meet Pablo. Pablo is this guy that thinks he is Ace Ventura and he hasn't really grown out of it, but he's also <laughs> thinks deeply about content and he is an ultimate connector and he wants to get to know you and everybody that everybody that he interacts with, he's trying to add value to their life. There's no chance he's not going to add value to your life. I think you should meet him. I hope this is, I think this is fruitful for both of you. Happy connecting. That's the template of all my emails. Right. And it sounds really simple, but really what it is, is I'm putting two people up on pedestals, right? Like I'm like, here's a pedestal for you. Here's a pedestal for you on my stage. Happy connecting. Whether or not you follow through with that connection, you don't forget about those nice things I said to you to somebody else. I put you on a stage. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I wouldn't even think about it from that regard, but it's it's brilliant um, uh, to to put it in that aspect because I'm fascinated with introductions because it's one of the fastest ways I've grown any business I've done is by literally getting the people to the people they need to get to. Yeah. If you do that for enough people, a lot of cool doors open for you. I mean, yeah. um, so so that's awesome. So that's that famous Zig Ziglar quote, right? Like you, you yeah, you, you get everybody you what you want. Anything if you help enough people, right? Absolutely, yeah. right. So so Pablo Gonzalez, this freaking wizard in in community building. You can say that. I can't say that, right? Um, you know, community building badass that is a, a tinker when it comes to networking and figuring everything out. Where the fuck is this journey going to take you? Good You're question, welcome. Aguado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, I want to be the person that proves community creation is the future of business development, right? Like, I, uh, like, I, like at the end of the day, man, I want to prove that there is more value in the other than potential danger. Cause I think all the world's ills come from that. Right. Like I, like I, you know, for when I was doing the green building stuff, I wanted to save the world from global warming. Guess what? I, I think that our timeline is fucked. Either the technology is going to do that or it won't. But I know that cities are going to densify because we are making more babies than people are dying because technology is getting better. If you add in all the rest of it, there's going to be less land, right? We're just getting closer and closer. And as the world gets more and more interconnected, all of these problems are coming from 
the idea that I fear the other. The other is after my shit as opposed to the other is somebody that I can learn from and somebody that I can like, you know, you, you know, not use, right? But like somebody, somebody that can add value to my life, right? So that at the end of the day is my big mission is to prove that stuff. Where is this going to lead? Honestly, man, if I could be, if I could be the, uh, the next Oprah, I'd be happy to be the next Oprah. Dude, like I, I, like I, at the end of the day, I want to have the biggest stage where I can add the most value to people's lives possible. The way that I'm trying to get there is by monetizing a service that proves it out so I can then be paid to like speak on stages about it, to then be the thought leader in this. I'm going to have to have a best-selling book. I'm going to have to have a TED Talk go viral, you know, shit like that. Uh, like all that stuff will be luck. But in the meantime, man, I just want to make as much friends as I can because <laughs> the, more, the more people I know, the smarter I become, man, right? Like Ralph Waldo Emerson has this quote, in my walks, every man I meet is in some way my superior and in that I can learn from them. I look at conferences like I'm walking into a fucking library, bro. Like I look at, I look at my Rolodex as my Google, right? Like um, I, I, I just, I see so much value in getting to under, everybody you meet has walked a different path, right? Like everybody has figured out something I haven't figured out at some point. And I just, I just see so much value in trying to pull that out of people and then trying to share that with the people that, 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 that are seeking that value. And wherever that leads, I know is a good place, man. I'm really not that worried about it. I'm, 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 I'm being patient about it. Love it. Love it. So as we get close to the end of this thing, dude, I, I, you and I could fucking dive into some just badass conversations for quite a while. I always appreciate that to cross from you. So, but let's, let's shock the system. And I love to ask this question because I love throwing people off their fucking game mm-hmm. um, as we figure it out. So if you were going to leave the champions around the world, and I forget how many company, countries we're at, we're almost up to a hundred countries. I know that, um, that tune in and listen to this show. If you were going to leave them with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they could take with them, especially when they're stacked up against it. What's that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. You were planned for this, weren't you? Yeah, for, sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. You know why? Because I wanted to pick between that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote and what, I was gonna, what I'm going to say right now. So I figured I'd drop that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote early. So I can get to <laughs> you can never start a conversation with anyone. You can simply catch up to the conversation that's already happening in their head. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is that if someone, if, if you are batting your head against the wall, right, you're up against it. You're like, why isn't this person understanding what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to help him. Like they don't understand what's blah, 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 blah. It's because you haven't figured out what's going on inside that person's head. That is not, you know, you are not speaking in their language. You're not speaking at their speed. You're not whatever, right? It's on you to figure out what, you know, where the person is coming from and contextualize the benefit that you are trying to give that person in a way that they can understand it. And, 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 you know, like it's always that it's always that we always forget that, you know, this person's not thinking what you've been thinking all day. They're thinking something else. And you gotta, you gotta get them thinking what you're thinking before you can get them to, to go along with it. Dude, that's brilliant. Um, uh, I, uh, very rarely does somebody say something that I have to pause and wrap my head around and you, you caught me. Um, but you're absolutely Bam. right because I, 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 I take everything to a sales perspective. That's my world. That's what I understand. And, and it just fits. I mean, because literally before you sit across from somebody, 
they already have an idea about your product and service. They already have a price in their head. They have, I mean, they've already had an entire conversation and dialogue. They have themselves. an opinion on you and your haircut and what you're wearing. Right, you know, like, right, yeah. right. And I love this idea that you've got to catch up to the conversation. Dude, that's brilliant. That's, that's genius, bud. Well done. That's you great. need to get that put on t-shirts and you need to get to put that out on social media and fucking coin the fuck out of that. I mean, at least a quote card. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> something. <God. laughs> Not your platform, dude. <laughs> yeah. So Pablo, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you? How do they spam you, seek you out and, and, and connect with you? Listen, I, first thing I want to say is that you buddy that's listening to this, I want to be your friend, right? Like I want to connect with you, right? So my, my whole thing is connect with Pablo. My website is connectwithpablo.com. My Instagram is at connect with Pablo. Um, good luck finding Pablo Gonzalez on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not easy. Uh, but you can go to my website and you can find me right on my website. There's you guys go find me on LinkedIn and then go through my contact search for Pablo. You'll get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and, I, and I would love people to listen to my podcast, right? The Chief Executive Connector podcast. Uh, my, fa- my favorite episode is this, like episode number seven where I, where I do this like storytelling rap about like everything I'm doing and the stuff that I believe is about 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, man, connect with Pablo. My email address, if anybody wants to shoot me an email, is you should at connectwithpablo.com. So it's pretty easy. That's so awesome, brother. Well, man, I appreciate it. It's been a hell of a journey. Badass conversation, man. I, I see cool things happening as collaborations as you and I continue to make some cool connections and run and gun, brother. I really, really, really appreciate you being out here. Dude, I'm so pumped for our friendship. Like, I'm, I'm so happy we connected, man. I, I, like, I love this. I'm, I'm flattered that you put me on your stage. It's an absolute fucking honor, man. I hope that I provided some value to our friend that's listening right now, man. And we'll, we'll be speaking. Absolutely, dude. Stay out of trouble. All right. basket i told you this was a good one man pablo's just a good dude he's one of those guys that always wants to make you think i love the conversations him and i have together so do me a favor guys check him out wherever he is on social media follow him show him some love show him some support and and really uh value what uh he has to say and and all the things he's doing and then come hang out with us success champions networking virtual networking groups all around the world this is where the badass come to network. See you guys. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals. Go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. 
And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.